0: Pickett. she lays it off to Lisa Pelas. It's an absolute peach. He is driving. Yeah. What a hit from the leader is.
1: Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. Meanwhile, one nil.
2: Well, unlike Paramount Plus, we've got cameras here tonight. Here on Radio Dub on FNR, Football Nation Radio, Josh Parrish and Pakua Frimpong. Talk to you about the week in uh, women's football here in Australia. We've got a special guest coming up in just a moment, Dylan Holmes from Adelaide United, who spearheaded their revival and charged their first ever finals series. But the story tonight, Pakua, is Wellington versus Western Sydney has been moved to the Wanderers training facility from Combank Stadium after the heavy rainfall, and Paramount Plus, Channel Ten, Viacom, whoever they want to call themselves, can't get cameras to the game. This game is not being broadcast. As it happens, as we uh, we go to air here,
3: you know what, Josh? Um, obviously, you know how I feel. I feel about the women's game. I proudly support it. It's my favourite league in the world, and I'm not surprised. Yet again, these these. Uh, these facilitators who provide us this sport, they've disappointed us yet again. Couldn't they have got someone from, with an MPL camera to go down there and record it? Couldn't we have streamed it on Channel 10? You're telling me nobody could get in a van and just drive it down? Like, I know there are torrential rain, but tell me there's no cameras there at all. Like, none. We couldn't even do a single like, well, camera each side. Like, that's it?
2: I hope the game will actually be filmed. From at least one angle, just so we have a record that this happened, that these two teams, who've both had terrible seasons this month, it's a bottom of the table clash in torrential rain. I don't think anyone's going to really go or or watch. Um, I've, you know, it's it's not going to be high rating, is what I'm saying. Well, but it would be nice to have the goals. What if someone scores a banger?
3: Josh, you say that you know. Let's hope that someone's recording it. But if someone's recording it, could I? I, I know I say the NPL thing jokingly, but surely someone can commentate that game and they can just stream it on Keep Up. If it doesn't, if they're not going to put it on Channel Ten, just put it on there and just mm. let me stream it. And you know, NPL stuff is it's decent enough. If we're just going to watch football games, and we're not going to, you know. If you don't want to put it on Channel Ten, whatever there are problems with that alone. Because, but surely we, you can't you can't stream it on Keep Up with some level of quality if they're gonna. Show it later?
2: I guess the rationale is, is a devaluing of the product if, if they don't um, have the quality on the broadcast.
3: Josh, you know, I think they do lots of things to devalue the products, and it's also one thing is not having a longer season. Well, this is
2: the broadcast yeah. versus the APL we're talking about. There's two different organisations.
3: Yeah, I understand. They should be hand in glove, but While not- we are speaking, though, while Western Sydney... Um, sorry, Wellington did just equal score an equaliser. Um, it is currently 1-1 in that game and nil all at the uh, City Jets game, which are only 14 minutes mm. in and 44 minutes, respectively, for the Western Sydney-Wellington game.
2: Well, I imagine most people listening on the podcast today. Yeah. If you are tuning in live, let us know. Uh, but going head-to-head with the very league we're covering, we are, uh, are aware of the, uh, exactly. the we irony. we see them.
3: <laughs> exactly, we
2: are. We see the irony. So Ashley Crofts and Kate Taylor, the goal scorers in the Western Sydney Wellington game, uh, more on the line in the in the City Jets match with uh, Melbourne City having drifted down to third spot on the table. Uh, they of course will bump up to second with uh, a draw or anything better. Uh, this was a very interesting weekend in the A League Women's parkour. Certainly. Uh, namely that. Adelaide United Melbourne Victory game we pinpointed last week is the one to watch. That was an eventful one.
3: It was most certainly was, and you know what? I've obviously victory. We we spoke about it last week and how victory have had a lot of games, so we wouldn't have been surprised if Adelaide, you know, got the win. But Adelaide came out three three nil victors, and you know what? I liked Adelaide the whole way through, so I'm have. i very, very proud of that. Even from
2: week one when they got battered, you said they weren't that bad. I I
3: said they weren't that bad. I think think there's a lot of problems with people when they watch football. They sometimes look at the end result and they look at the box score and they go, oh, this team sucks. But if you watch the game and you watch the product and they produce, Adelaide played decently well. They lost to a better team, but... They got the revenge on Victory. you
2: know, I think. In emphatic fashion, too. Absolutely. And it was a bad night for Victory, ending up with an outfielder between the sticks. Uh, yes, she's got the height for it, but Maya Markovsky, not a goalkeeper.
3: Certainly not. Um, but you know what? Maya's learning how to play football. You know, uh, you, I heard you speak on us football uh, about Jim. Uh, I'm bad with...
2: Yes, uh, the 74 soccerer that we yeah, lost. He, he played both exactly. as a goalkeeper, and, and then he, he got a hand was, injury, went, turned exactly, into a
3: striker. He was a you know, Im- impactful on the Australian football fabric. So, surely, Maya Makovsky, who knows? Maybe she does a an early... She's pretty young, so an early career turn into goals. Who knows? She does
2: a, a tribute to the, exactly. uh, the late Jim Milisavlovich.
3: Exactly. You know, you never know. <laughs> I love it.
2: Well, second tallest player to have played in the A-League women's ever behind her victory teammate, Josh, Casey Dumont.
3: I know you're saying this, but I am putting a question mark on this because... Hey, it's an
2: Andy Howe step. Okay, I so don't yeah, argue okay, with Andy okay, Howe. Okay, so
3: Andy Howe said this, but I, are we sure that, like, Claire Polkinghorne and Lydia Williams are not both tall? And Casey Dumont is the tallest player. So you're telling me they're both shorter than Maya Makovsky and Casey Dumont? They're, like, pretty tall. Currently.
2: Maybe maybe, maybe when they uh, did the stats, did the height measurements in preseason, yeah. they were wearing platform shoes. Exactly,
3: and, and I am 5'2", so when I do look up at people, they all look the same height eventually, so... I might just be getting deceived. Also.
2: <laughs> well, victory coming off that run of run of fixtures, they looked as lethargic as you'd expect yeah. in this match. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a straightforward game for Adelaide, but it was as comfortable as it was ever going to be.
3: Certainly, uh, Adelaide probably versed them at the perfect time. I still think that Adelaide, even if victory were fully, you know, fully fit. I think Adelaide definitely could have brought out a win, so this is not some like Wellington beating, mm. you know, victory or something like that. I think they they've both very competitive teams, uh, but I think it's great for Adelaide leading into the finals, and I think for victory they got to put it behind them. They've just got to focus on that camera game. They just need to focus on getting a draw minimum, mm. and then they can they can focus and get a little bit of rest and really focus on that finals push and just you know take it out.
2: I mean, circumstances have conspired against them to an extent, exactly. but before the season we were saying victory, well, I was saying victory to walk away with the title. And, you know, obviously that's, that's one big injury uh, since then, and a, a lot of games packed into a short space of time and various absences that they've had to deal with, but... You know, it's, it was almost unthinkable yeah. at the start of the season that you would say on the last week of the A-League women's campaign, they would be fighting for their spot in the finals.
3: It's going to take a lot for them not to make it because we, we've looked at the goals scoring and Perth would need to score at least nine goals.
2: That's if victory draw. Yes,
3: if, that's, if victory draw, Perth would need to score nine mm. goals. And I think the most this season has been eight. Was mm. it that Adelaide game? Yes. It was eight. So... I don't know if Perth are the team to score nine and they're facing Wellington, which could be possible. But I think Wellington are... are they, they've been battle-hardened they've, they've they, you know They've, they've worked hard. Uh, but you know what? I, I still think the victory making final is probably the best thing for the league. And, you know, I, they are they are one of the best four teams in the league. They mm. are.
2: I mean, against Canberra, a team who's yeah. had a poor season, you'd expect them to at least get a draw. But the fact that it's even a life possibility shows how disappointing it's been for the reigning champions. Certainly,
3: they've they've had obviously the big Caleb Morrison injury, which is really disappointing for them. Because I think if that one injury doesn't occur, I think it's a real it's a different situation. They I don't know if they finish like first. I can't see this in the future, but I definitely think they are more com- more mm. competitive even when they are playing a lot of games on the run because they have that kind of leader on the pitch who can be like, guys, we're gonna play this type of football just to you know conserve our energy just. Ride the waves as it mm. is, and they also had to figure out where they're going to play Karakuning Cross with Chidiac as well. So they had a lot of things to work with, and they did figure it out late in the season. But so long as they make then the games
2: fi- ended up catching up, yeah, with exactly.
3: Them. So long as they make finals, it's has it been a terrible season? Can all things considered?
2: I think it's been a, a bit of a disappointment, yeah. I have to say, given the, the stacked squad that they had at the start of the season, and you know, so many good names on paper. There's another injury we haven't really spoken about, which is Melina Ayers. Yeah. And, you know, you drop her into a final series, like she could be a difference maker.
3: Melina Ayers has got to be the biggest question mark of the entire season. Like what I, happened? I, like, constantly we don't keep hearing from Jeff Hopkins um, that, you know, she just keeps getting hit. Like, her hamstring's just not recovering, you know, the same mm. way they thought it would. But I've got to ask, like, like how bad was the injury to start with that, you know, that she kept, keeps getting pushed back? Like, is she not... Was there some I'm, sort of yeah, misdiagnosis? Like, exactly. Like I remember in round one and they were like, oh, we're just holding off for a few weeks and then she'll be, because it's only the first round. But we haven't seen her all season. She was a prolific player last year and she's a tremendous footballer who we spoke about when we spoke with her about her potentially making the Matilda squad and her making that push to get into that side. So it's a, it's a big question mark this season.
2: Maybe she's done a, a Kaseke Honda. Remember that injury that he did? It was like one of a kind hamstring tear yeah. off the bone kind of you thing.
3: Yeah, I I would love to get some answers. We probably won't won't get any answers. Uh
2: Victory notoriously closed-lipped yeah, about exactly, injuries, particularly which, ones that haven't been dealt with that well.
3: Exactly, which, you know, we don't know if it's been dealt with well or dealt with poorly, but
2: We can only speculate. Yeah, exactly. though, but um
3: I I would love to see Milena as play football. She's a tremendous footballer and she provides a lot for that Victory team and I think having They don't have a clinical yeah, finisher in the squad. And sight. having if imagine having her and playing off Chidiak and Kuni Cross how mm. much better, even in games where they maybe conceded a few, which their defence has always typically been great. Unfortunately, this season, Kayla Morrison is out. How much better they could have been, you know, in games. Mm. Even it's, though, the, it's a great what yeah, if, exactly. the, the striker and the centre-back. It's, it's a, a real Avengers, uh, Disney Plus uh, kind of show. <laughs> <it? Yeah. laughs>
2: well... Let's talk about Melbourne City before we go to a break. Uh, a disappointing loss to Brisbane Roar. Talking of big injuries, just how big could that Holly McNamara absence prove to be? I
3: was at this game. Uh, City had moments, but they never felt like they had that final push to get them to beat them. And I think Brisbane played a good game and they played a very well strategised game and they knew what they had to do
2: and... Not not a common thread from Brisbane this season. <laughs> no. but they they set out with a game plan and they executed yeah, honestly, it perfectly and nothing went wrong.
3: Exactly, it was you know it was quite strange. But uh, for for me, as I said, I've said i spoke in Brisbane. I I liked them. I just think they I I didn't think the difference between them and Adelaide was massive. But unfortunately, they well, couldn't finish it out. But for City, I think that McNamara injury is. Mm. I, I think it changes everything. Uh, if. We, don't, we haven't seen them without McNamara with Stoddy and Hannah Wilkinson and playing for a few games. We have. We just haven't seen it. So That's true. We don't she know was not the only exactly. absence. So we don't know if maybe they can find a way to, you know, play forward. Because I think for City in that game especially, they really struggled with Karic playing up front. She's she, not really she, a striker. She, exactly. she came off at half time for Chelsea Blissett. So maybe if Hannah Wilkinson was there, they finished some of the opportunities they had because – Emma Chekka almost scored an absolute worldie, hit the post mm-hmm. in the last few minutes of the game.
2: Yeah. I mean, without Hannah Wilkinson, you're losing one of the competitions yeah. uh, leading in Second wouldn't?
3: in the uh, goal-scoring race at the moment. Yes. Fier- behind Fiona Watts.
2: Who, moment. of course, scored a hat-trick against Melbourne <laughs> Victory to go with <laughs> exactly. her other hat-tricks this season. Um, interesting tidbit about her in the interview coming up yes. that we recorded earlier without wanting to step on that. That's uh, quite a fascinating detail. Yeah. Uh, but Stoddy also has been a barometer for them this season in terms of the way she can control games, her leadership ability, her ability on the ball, yeah. converting from centre-back to central midfield this season as a, as a six. She really runs things, and especially in the first hour of games where she's you know at her uh, most energetic, yeah. mm-hmm. she's made a huge impact, I think a bigger impact than anyone had a right to expect from her given what she's gone through.
3: I would say, particularly in that Brisbane game, I think they actually missed Stoddy more than Hannah Wilkinson. I was speaking to someone at the game mm. and I was we were looking at it, they were getting dominated in that midfield, which you don't typically see from Melbourne City. They're, they're pretty good mm. on the ball and they, they, they keep teams away from the box and they play well as a unit. But with Davidson, McKenna and Westland in that midfield, They needed some level of leadership just to steady the ship and go, this is what we're going to do when we go forward and this is what we're going to do when we go back.
2: Well, a team with Katrina Gorey dominating the midfield. It's not a surprise. But to
3: see if if Stoddy was in there, that's a real battle between uh, Katrina Gorey and Stoddy. What's going to happen? How are Brisbane going to adjust for that and how are City going to ultimately adjust for that? City, I think it's... It particularly, after uh, they, they walked on the game with uh, Holly McNamara's shirt. So it clearly has affected the team in some kind of way. They're going right. to need a little bit of time just to recalibrate and just figure out who they are without her. But uh, so long as they, they've they done more than I a lot of people thought they were going to do at the start of the season, I, I believe.
2: Well. They're in action as we speak against Newcastle Jets, so probably too soon to say anything yeah. definitive about how the Oh, they've the actually absences. just scored, Josh. There you go. We're getting live updates wow. as we go to air. So. You'll be
3: getting, that when you listen to the podcast, there'll be delayed <laughs> updates, but there'll be updates nonetheless.
2: <laughs> well, I think we'll take a break because I want to hear from Dylan Holmes, who we spoke to a little bit earlier. The Adelaide United superstars come into that midfield and really galvanised that team, pushed them to their first ever finals appearance. And they look like a dangerous proposition in the form sure. they're in. She spoke about the pride round, the honour of being involved in that. Her coach, Adrian Stenta, his uh, tit bits of philosophical Honestly, wisdom I, I, that he. I love that tidbit. I do. <laughs> that he, uh, he he's a Adelaide teacher outside well. of football. So we
3: also did speak about Adelaide. Can I say though? The
2: city, Adelaide. Yeah, the city.
3: Can I say that I actually didn't know he was a teacher outside when I when I make the reference in the <laughs> thing. So when she said it, I was so taken aback by it, I was like, jeez, spot on. I, I don't know what I know.
2: <laughs> ESP. Exactly. Ah uh, oh, geez. Uh, there's so many good good bits in this interview. I think we should stop promoing it and just cut <laughs> to it. So we'll go to a short break and come back with our chat with Dylan Holmes.
4: We are more than engineers. We are more than project managers. We are more than surveyors. We are more than infrastructure specialists. We are more than planners. So, who are we? We are problem solvers, providing the highest quality service and results. We are a team of skilled professionals, focused on customer needs and outcomes. We are 23 years of industry experience adhering to the highest safety standards. We are Melbourne and we are right across Victoria. We are the Lanco Group, your business partner for engineering solutions. Lanco Group, we are more than you realize and we are ready to partner with you.
0: she lays it off to Razor Palaz.
2: Well, a bit of movie magic tonight on Radio Dub, coming to you from the past. That's why Pakua suddenly disappeared and appeared on Zoom instead. She hasn't just gone to the next room and got sick of me. Uh, Radio Dub here, our weekly women's football program. Josh Parrish here with Pakua Frimpong, and we're delighted to be joined by Adelaide United superstar Dylan Holmes. Dylan, welcome to the program.
4: Thanks for having me.
2: It's an absolute pleasure to get you on, and this week in particular, uh, because Adelaide seemed to have ended the hoodoo finally, finals bound. Congratulations.
4: Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're all ecstatic, like so excited, and um, yeah, it's been a really long time coming, so we're just kind of relieved that we finally did it. I feel like... like Josh, we need a
3: little bit more energy about the Adelaide thing because we were all cautiously optimistic, but we were all like, "Please don't let them them be cursed again." What was the feeling like in the dressing home, Dylan? After uh, dressing room, home, dressing room uh,
4: after you guys managed to clinch finals? It was amazing. Like it was, you know, there have been a few of us that have been there for like five, six, seven seasons, and. um we've come close a fair few times but um yeah it was just like relief and excitement and um a bit of like energy that you know we're not going to be there just to make up numbers like I think we all believe that we can really give it a good crack and and give you know the Sydney and Melbourne teams a run for their money so yeah we're excited.
2: It was an emphatic victory as well uh yourself and Fiona Virts up front have Uh, created that sort of seamless connection uh tell us about playing with her this season and I mean she's just bagged so many goals it's ridiculous
4: yeah no she's flying at the moment I'm so happy for her Um, I think last year she had a bit of a difficult season with um she actually had some visa requirements where she was doing some um like farm work during the day so there were times she'd come to training and she'd just be so exhausted um but this year um you know she's had a really good preseason. She's looking fit and strong, and and every week she's just looking more and more confident. And I think her in front of goal is is terrifying for opposition teams because she's just so clinical. Um, you no, know, she's so fun to play with. At what point during
3: the season did you guys really think that finals was like a realistic option, or was it kind of like you always like thought at this during preseason? You're like, oh, I f- we feel pretty good about making finals this year.
4: Yeah, well, I wasn't actually here until, I think, three games into the season. Mm. Um, So I'm not really sure what the vibe was like through preseason. But I think for me, I kind of felt like we had a good chance after we beat. I think we had a run of three games where we beat um, Wellington, Western Sydney and Newcastle all in a row with no goals conceded or something like that. And that was at that point, I was like, okay, like we're we're beating the teams we need to beat. We're being pretty strong defensively. Like I think we have a pretty good shot at this. Um, but I think it was just making sure we won the games that we were expected to win against the teams below us. Like We couldn't afford to drop points against those teams, and luckily um, we pretty much haven't. So it's been really good.
2: Well, big turnaround coinciding with your arrival, Dylan. I don't know how much credit you want to take for it, but going from shipping five <laughs> against victory in round one to beating them 3-0 on the weekend, that's, uh, that's a significant progression.
4: Yeah, I think that's the really cool thing about this group is that every week we've gotten better and better and more comfortable with each other. And um, and I think it's a credit to the girls and the coaching staff for, you know, not dropping our heads after those first couple of games and, and picking ourselves back up and getting to this point now where we're, you know, ahead of Melbourne victory on the table after losing to them like 5-1 in the first round. So, um, yeah, it's been a really cool turnaround. And, yeah, I'm really like proud to be a part of it. I will
3: say on that 5 1 loss to victory, I think that's a deceiving scoreline. Because I think me and you spoke about it, Josh, where I was like, they actually played decently well. I think that mm. victory just maybe well, got lucky on that day, but I think that that's a very deceiving scoreline. Now, in terms of the finals, what's the like, what's like, there's what changes in a club heading to finals? Like, do, do you guys do stuff differently or do you try to keep it like really, really the same?
4: I think for us, like, it's kind of on, like, it's great that we've, like, qualified, but now it's a bit on the back burner because we're playing, like, we still have one more regular season game to go against a team that's going to be in the finals as well. So, um, it's a bit of an interesting, like, um, I guess, preparation because, you know, you want to play a strong team, but depending on how Melbourne City does tonight, we might be locked in at third going into Mm -hmm. this weekend anyway, so... Yeah, I'm really not sure how the coaching staff is going to approach it, but um, and it's a unique position for us to be in. Like, I've never experienced this before. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, for me, I just want to give everything in those games and and just keep winning and keep the momentum going.
2: Oh, what what a luxury to be in that position this season (laughs) (laughs) rather than stressing on the goal difference uh, like previous Oh, my goodness.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That was terrible. That Uh, was terrible. I mean,
2: it must be such a turnaround in morale and, and so forth from last season where you missed out. You were so, so close, and to make it this time must be such a relief.
4: Yeah, it really is, and I think I think it almost would have been more frustrating if we didn't make it this year just because I think we all learned a lot from last year, and I think going into this season and going into games, like the mentality we have this year compared to last year's a little bit more ruthless, I'd say. Like we're not. Mm. I think when we play away games, normally that's been tough for us. But this year we've been winning on the road, which um, I think is a good sign. And you know, seeing out leads and, um, yeah. So I think last year was tough, but I think yeah, we learned a lot, and I think we've used that to our advantage this year.
3: You're also a player who's. You we know, who played in the A League Women's and formerly the W League essentially throughout your whole career and you've you've you know had trips abroad and stuff like that what's something that you miss about playing at home and what's something you love when you play you know overseas
4: I like I've only ever played in Adelaide in the W League but I love the I love the vibe playing at Adelaide like you know whether it's at Martin or at Cooper's like such a family-friendly atmosphere like the supporters really get behind us, and every year it just gets better and better, um, and the club has really kind of um, every year um, treated us even better and better. So, you know, I when I'm playing abroad, like Adelaide will always be my hometown team and the team that I, like, love playing for. Um, so, yeah, I think that sense of, like, community and family feel I would miss playing abroad. Before
3: we started, you did say that Adelaide's a great city. you just got to know – places to go in adelaide for us you know east coast people living our best lives in melbourne and sydney queensland you know they exist the they exist they're at the beach they're
2: the <laughs> doing yeah, right they
3: there. the beach they go to the beach it doesn't matter yeah
4: what is it to do in adelaide that makes adelaide a good city adelaide is just there's a bit of everything i think the beaches are nice you have the beaches right near the city which are mm. really nice but then you also have the southern beaches which are a bit more of like the surfing kind of beaches um you have two or three different wine regions right around the city. So there's so many good restaurants and wineries and um, it's just such a foodie little place. And, you know, there's always the the city of festivals or whatever. So there's, there's normally stuff going on. And I think if you don't know where to go, like it's definitely going to be boring, but if you do, and you've been in Adelaide for a while or know somebody that has been like there's, yeah, it's a really cool little place. I love Adelaide. Okay. You speak- mm. I don't know if you against me, Josh. I don't know. I don't know. I
3: I'll drive through and I'll be like, ah, you know what? That looks all right. I'll see. I'll see.
4: Yeah. No, I think you got to give it a shot.
2: <laughs> so uh, speaking about the family-friendly atmosphere and, and the welcoming atmosphere, I think we saw at this weekend in particular with the, the pride round. I mean, what does it mean for you to, to participate in that?
4: Yeah, that was like I'm really honored that I got to be a part of that game. Um, and I think it's a long time coming. Um, And I think the way Adelaide United handled it, um, you know, not just the day itself, but the lead up and the media and, and everything surrounding it, I think they did really well and really graciously. And um, yeah, I think overall it, it was a fantastic day. And the fact that we won and the boys went after us, it was just, yeah, it was pretty perfect in the end. And I hope that, you know, other clubs, can kind of take notice and, and maybe try and implement similar things in the future. But um, I think it was a great, I guess, first step for Adelaide United to, to put on that pride game.
2: I mean, Josh Cavallo has got so much press this year and, and rightly so. Uh, he's been so brave in what he's done, being the first. Uh, but uh, we can't ignore the fact that um, the W League or the A League Women has had out and proud players for years and years and years and has been a real forerunner in that regard in Australian sport.
4: Yeah, I think it's been an interesting week with um, kind of the discussions around that. because I think, you know, in my experience and um, the experience of my friends and my teammates, we've always felt like women's football has been a safe space Mm. and um, it's been a very inclusive environment and those differences have always been celebrated. And um, I think with Josh coming out, it's kind of put a light on the different, I guess, landscapes that each I guess team is facing and um yeah I think it just shows that there's still a long way to go on the men's side but um yeah it's really been interesting actually to kind of see those differences but it was really nice to come together on that day on um, Saturday and kind of celebrate it um so yeah I think it's amazing like
3: I think that men's football has got a lot to learn from women's football you know I'm just uh, maybe I'm a little bit biased but <laughs> yeah. I've women's football anyway we're they're great athletes and deserves a lot more praise. Um, this season, we, there was a of like, discussion if, with like your Adelaide teammates about you know players having to work at McDonald's and also being a professional football. What was that like to to hear like the conversation around it and what was the discussions like within your own team?
4: Yeah, that's been another interesting thing because, again, that's not an issue that's new. Um, Mm. I think that's always been the case. Um, And to be honest, right now, it's probably been as good as it's ever been in terms of, um, you know, the resources that we're we're given and, like, payment and that sort of stuff. Um, But I think the fact that, you know, Fiona can score five goals in a game on a Sunday in Brisbane and then, you know, straight back to McDonald's on Monday morning, like, I'm glad that that, story got the reaction it did Um, because you know she's in like the high like of her career right now and she should be given the platform to be able to focus solely on football Um, and at the moment in Australia that's just not the case so um, it's frustrating for all of us and for me to see that story like Mm. it was frustrating because you know if this was full-time we would all 100% want to do it full-time but now it's just not the case so um yeah I think it's amazing that she's doing as well as she is in an environment that isn't full-time like it's a huge credit to her to be able to do everything she's doing I will say we
3: are fans of extend the season we believe in it we are strong me and Josh strong part we respect it a lot
4: Um, oh thank
3: you (laughs) (laughs) I need more games of the A-League women's I. it's great um stuff like that but yeah, Josh, you, i did interrupt you. I saw you. I, I was—I
2: was just going to say, um, you know, at least on the on the bright side, uh, Fiona doesn't have to do the farm work anymore. So you know, that's
4: it. Yeah, I think she would choose McDonald's every time. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to ask though. Fiona's a, like a, a genius
3: mathematician, is what I got out of it as well. Is she like playing like you know doing these like maths like jump, like you know I don't know what these quizzes are that mathematicians She's do, doing the I geometry barely, in her head exactly yeah. I can barely count to ten half the time so like is she just like the smartest person in the team you're like don't, it,
2: what what are the it, other she, hidden talents among the exactly. uh, the Adelaide United Ooh. playing group
4: yeah well yeah Fiona is like an insane mathematician which to be honest like I didn't actually know until like she told me just because you know. Like, she's not going to whip out math. I don't know. It's a bit yeah. of a <laughs> lame thing. <laughs> well, the scores
2: in football are very easy to keep track of. Very, you know, exactly, yeah.
4: There's Yeah, there's not a lot of opportunity for her to whip that out. Um, but, you know, we also have Izzy Hodgson, who's like an incredible performer. Um, she grew up doing like musical theater and singing. And, um, yeah, so she's like incredibly talented off the field. Um, trying to think of anyone else those are the two like big ones that i, I can think of right the now talent, though. i respect that that's that's takes a lot of dedication yeah. and that, and
2: that might come out from time to time on
4: on that's away sweet. trips and things right yeah exactly like her initiation performances are, like they would be pretty good and um yeah no i think yeah with izzy like i grew up playing with her and so she's always kind of dedicated like given herself the space to do both which i think is really cool because she is like so talented in both areas. Uh, so yeah i think it's cool that she can do that.
3: Do you have any like hidden talents like is there a trick that you can do or like that you know we might see from Dylan Holmes in or the a next Or a hobby off of the pitch
2: way. that we didn't know exactly.
3: about.
4: Exactly. Oh, no i mean pretty not busy really. balancing both
2: top level yeah. football. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah and especially like last year being in Sweden, like, it was just so full-time that, um, Mm. yeah, no, I'm a bit boring. I don't really have any hidden talents, I'm afraid. Maybe, Um, you know, maybe your hidden talent could be the next business idea
3: for you is setting up a tour venture in Adelaide where you show people where they're supposed to go in Adelaide.
4: Yeah, I think so. Show interstaters, stubborn interstaters who yeah. don't believe that Adelaide is a good place yeah. to be. Yeah. Okay, hey, done. Yeah, I'm on that's it. That's it. That's it. You've got it. Well, <laughs> I, I done, object like to
2: the that. remark uh, that, that you're boring because uh, you've, you've got too. actually a very interesting upbringing and family history. I mean, listening to your accent, a lot of people would assume you're another one of these young American imports that have uh, come just to play in the A-League Women's, but you've lived here since you were 10?
4: yeah yeah no one of the commentators apparently was calling me american on the weekend and i was like oh like you know i'm definitely australian but you know i guess i am a bit american as well but yeah um i just can't shake the accent i don't really know yeah, what to don't
3: do under, don't under yourself you're also brazilian as well let's let me yeah. know that you're also brazilian Yeah. tell people who don't know
2: the the story
4: okay including us my dad yeah no that's okay my dad worked in um he was a mining engineer and um, so we spent a bit of time in South America through my childhood. and I was born in Brazil, and um, I've also lived in Santiago, Chile, and in southern Peru as well. And then we spent some time in the States. Um, he's English, so we spent a little bit of time in the UK um, when I was a kid, and then ended up in Adelaide and has been there been here ever since. So that whole map to Adelaide, I don't know if
3: anybody would have picked it. Like if you were doing a quiz, I don't think anybody would be like, ah, guys, they were. It's key, a fairly secure
2: route to take very. to Adelaide.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because some of the places we could have ended up, like Adelaide is definitely, we hit the jackpot, I think. Um, right. so right. Yeah, we're feeling pretty lucky. Okay.
3: You know what? She's convincing me as, a, as we're going on, Josh. I'm like, maybe Adelaide. I let's think kinda, you give, a give it a chance. Yeah, okay. I like. I'm not a. I don't like beaches. One because I can't swim, and two, I hate sand. So,
4: the <laughs> yeah, beaches that's then...
3: might not be it for me. But no. if they've got good food places,
4: I might. Really good food. Mm. I might really good food. Yeah, very foody little place.
2: I like it. Well, mm. let's talk about your your national team aspirations. Uh, you've been in camps and so forth for the Matildas. You've been on the fringes of it. Um, and you've been overseas, of course, to play in Scandinavia, pushed yourself in that regard. Um, with a Women's World Cup coming up next year, uh, that must be the, the priority for you to try and get in the squad?
4: Yeah, I think that World Cup is like it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and I think, you know, I at this point I have nothing to lose by giving it a shot. Um, so I think my next year and a half will be kind of trying to do everything I can to put myself in the best position to get crack into that squad but um yeah it was a really cool experience getting my first cap last year and um yeah it kind of showed me like what it takes to be at that level and um yeah it was really eye-opening for me and yeah um I loved it I had a really great time.
3: In terms of
4: like making that next jump to be a more
3: like permanent member and consistent member of the Matilda squad what kind of what in terms of your football do you think you might need to like tweaking just get a little bit better just so it's you know it's hard for them to say no we need to have Dylan in the team
4: yeah maybe maybe um I think it was hard last year I didn't get a lot of game time so right now like coming into the season I was a bit underdone um so I think just getting that like kind of physical resilience I guess like being able to really run out games and um, and really dictate things from the start to the finish. Um, that's kind of been the aim for me coming back. Um, so it's been nice to have so many games in like a really short period to kind of get that really quickly. Um, but I think for me that's the next step is to to be more, I guess imposing mm. and and physically able to to kind of keep that level through a whole game.
2: What's the difference in in level like between here and and Sweden? was it where you were?
4: Yeah, yeah in um, terms of
2: professionalism in terms of standard, et cetera.
4: Yeah, it was, I was really lucky. I ended up at one of like the best club in Sweden in terms mm. of the, the resources they give their women's team and the facilities and everything. Like, um, like I was, I mean, I was playing full time. Like, you know, I'd go to the training center I'd get breakfast. We would train then we get lunch and then we'd have meetings or gym or whatever. Like it was, it was a job. Like it was, the professionalism was incredible. I felt like a full-time footballer. Um, so I think, you know, and that was probably the best environment in Sweden. But overall, the fact that they have a full um, full season, you know, 22 games plus cup. And then if your team's in the Champions League, you have Champions League as well. Like, um, I think the A-League Women's has a long way to go to get to that kind of point where um, teams are playing, you know, at least 20 games a year. Um, I think that's where it needs to be. Um, so. For me, Sweden was a really amazing kind of insight into what it's like to be a full-time footballer. It was really cool. In
3: terms of like after this season with Adelaide, what's your plans for the rest? Or do you know, have you not established what you're going to do after the rest of the season?
4: Yeah, to be honest, I haven't really established what I'm going to do. Um, I think the one thing I do know is that I'm going to take a little bit of a break. Um, I don't know for how long, but um, it's been bit of a crazy year and a half so I'm looking forward to having a few weeks of um away from football a little bit um but uh, I'm looking into my options and potentially looking for something in Europe in the middle of the year so the European summer but again like you know last year's move to Sweden happened so quickly and kind of out of the blue that I'm being pretty open-minded about it so I'm really not sure what's going to happen.
2: There you go, Dylan Holmes. Open to off-season offers, yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> but you've got an Anybody. important,
2: important finals campaign to come before then. Uh, best of luck with it. Uh, you've got a number of quality teams that you, you could face. The final permutations are still being uh, de- still being decided. Uh, who do you see as, as the team to beat? You know, you've played them all this season. Which is which is the team that you think poses the biggest challenge to the title?
4: We haven't actually played Sydney FC. Oh, yet. my mistake. So I'm okay. Really? Yeah, Gosh, we haven't. Please, it's been look at the schedule. Oh, of course, because they, they didn't win New
2: South Wales all year. That's right.
4: <laughs> no, I, yeah, that's it. Um, so we haven't actually played them. So I'm really curious. I mean, they've obviously been amazing through this whole year. Um, but I always feel like you never quite know what mm. a team's like until you're kind of out there playing against them. So I'm excited to see um, to see us up against them and and kind of see where we're at and. Um, but yeah, I'd say I guess Sydney probably. Um, I think they've been pretty consistent through the whole year, and yeah, a lot of experience behind them, so they'll be they'll be tough. I'm too. You know what, Josh? I was like, I, I'm
3: on that. City. I I think Sydney are the team to beat. But I was so hoping Melbourne City would finish top of the table well, just, just so, so we could have, have the, the home final. grand
2: final here in absolutely,
3: Melbourne. <laughs> got, absolutely, Josh. Uh-huh. Selfish. All I wanted. I wanted the home grand final. Yeah, you've been fantastic.
4: Wait, so does it not work out that the winner of the one v two game hosts the grand final, or is it just yeah. whoever wins the minor? Yeah, I was, I was just you know looking ahead, thinking you uh, wanted the
2: city. home semi final as well. Right?
3: Oh, ah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, victory I in, victory in city. You know, I'm lucky. It's okay. It's fine. I'll watch it on TV.
2: It's okay. I'll be okay. You're not the same as being there, unfortunately.
3: Not the same. One, one of your teammates no. we, we
2: haven't spoken about is Chelsea Dorber, who's exploded onto the scene this year. What is it, 10 goals she's scored? It's been an yeah. incredible improvement from her, uh, you know, rapid down the wing. She's always a, a good target for a pass when she's, she's making runs like that.
4: Yeah. No, she's one that if I see her in space out on the wing, like I'm just trying to get the ball to her because I know how, like, deadly she is in front of goal and how good she is in one-on-one situations but I've played with Chelsea for a really long time so it's um, you know I've seen seen her kind of grow up a little mm. bit over the last like five ten years and um, yeah for me like she has so much potential and so much talent so it's really awesome to see her like um, I guess performing so well and so consistently I think she's always had you know a few issues with injuries that have kind of i it's been tough for her to kind of find that that rhythm and I think this year she's found it and it's she's just doing such an amazing job for us so um yeah I'm really happy for her and um you know her and Fiona up there it's it's a dream to play with them like they're both so good so um yeah it's happy days for me in the midfield.
2: I was also very impressed with your with your coach when you were down here speaks very well and you know he's a young coach as well He's he's developing and This group strikes me as a team that is is quite well drilled and and quite disciplined.
4: Yeah, and um, you know he's been with us like he was Ivan's assistant for um, two years, Mm. Um, so he knew a lot about us before he took the role over. And um, I think the great thing about Adrian is that he is so open to learning and improving. Like he's not the kind of coach that's set in his ways Mm. or you know, his way or the highway kind of guy, like he, he's very reflective and um, is always looking for ways that he can get better, like not just us, but himself too. So I think that creates an environment where, um, you know, everybody is looking to improve and and wants more. Like we're, you know, we're so excited we made finals, but the first thing he said to us is like, you know, we're not here to just make numbers. Like we, we can win this thing. Like we we can beat any team on any day. Um, so, yeah, he's been great. I I really enjoy playing for him and um yeah, I'm really happy for him that, you know, we've kind of gotten that success for him. Um so it's been really nice.
3: Adrian gives Adrian sense gives off like a real cool teacher vibe, you know? Like if you were high school you <laughs> like your high school like cool humanities kind of vibe like he's got it, yeah. you know. Wouldn't be like, you know, wouldn't be like too strict, but if we're having if we're doing work, we're doing work, but we can all, you can all, we can all take it. Have a good time.
4: I, yeah. I think that's exactly it. Like he does, he, you can definitely tell that he is a high school teacher, but um, yeah, no, he's, he's funny. He's like his pregame um, chats. Like we always make fun of him because he gives us these like quotes from famous oh, people. And okay. I think one game last year, I'll never forget this. It was a quote from like the Pope or something oh, like okay. in our pre Yeah. It was the most bizarre thing ever, <laughs> but like stuff like that, and you're like, okay, like you're a teacher. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: I, I, I like I like that. I've got a, that's that's
3: I've not heard that before. But mm. is he like is he writing quotes on the board like like yeah. where,
4: is that okay, okay. Yeah, so we get a quote every week from some like somewhere he's seen something, um yeah, or heard something or read something. We got one from this like nineteenth century Italian oh book that he read as a kid i don't know i don't know where he gets his inspiration from but like a lot i love it i like i think it's great and every week they're like so fitting to like what like the position that we're in and like the mindset that we need so like i think it's it's yeah it's
3: funny but it's it's good so anybody watching listening um hallmark being a great coach great quotes from the 19th um 19th century or whenever yeah hallmark literature yeah (laughs) what can i say
2: well dylan you've certainly provided us with some inspirational words tonight we really appreciate your time and uh, (laughs) we wish you best of luck in the finals campaign adelaide the feel-good story of the season and you fully deserved it
4: oh thank you so much yeah no thanks for having me we'll take a break
2: here on radio dub come back with more
4: Since 1998, Lanco Group has been providing superior civil engineering solutions and advice to developers, local government and service authorities across Australia. Lanco Group is known for delivering sustainable, efficient solutions. By working closely with clients, Lanco Group is able to meet the complex infrastructure requirements for residential, commercial and industrial developments on time, on budget. Find out more at lancogroup.com.au Lanco group your business partner for engineering solutions
1: are you looking to change your destiny in life be your own boss start your own business if you are you need people who understand your needs and are committed to helping you make it happen at dkp and co Chartered accountants we are more than just accountants we are business advisors taxation consultants and strategists that specialized in setting up businesses we understand the client and give them the very best customised advice and strategies to achieve their goals. Visit our website, dkpco.com.au or give us a call today on 03 9023 9370. Fast, proactive, personal. That's DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants. Can
0: be answered. This is where Argentina can be very patient indeed. I've watched their youth teams do this. Just play the ball endlessly around the edge of their opponent's penalty area, then suddenly break with devastating consequences. Saviola, Cambiasso. Cambiasso! They've done it! They've done it and scored a fantastic goal! How many passes did they put together there? You'd need a calculator. FNR, Football Nation Radio.
1: Are you looking to change your destiny in life, be your own boss, start your own business? If you are, you need people who understand your needs and are committed to helping you make it happen. At DKP & Co Chartered Accountants, we are more than just accountants. We are business advisors, taxation consultants and strategists that specialised in setting up businesses. We understand the client and give them the very best customized advice and strategies to achieve their goals. Visit our website, dkpco.com.au or give us a call today on 03 9023 9370. Fast, proactive, personal. That's DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants. Pick she lays it off, Teresa Palacios.
2: Uh, pleasure to catch up with Dylan Holmes of Adelaide United a little earlier today. They, of course, training in the evenings, part-time footballers, uh, the sacrifices they, they make. We've got a real insight into that.
3: They did train twice today. They trained in the morning. She would let us know. Oh, and double they, sessions. Yeah, double sessions. You know what? That's the, that's the work ethic of uh, mm. professional footballers and, you know... Female footballers who do it a little bit tougher sometimes.
2: Well, we we heard Fiona Wertz. Uh, her story uh, was was all over the media. <laughs> uh, working at the Macca's drive through after scoring five goals, but it turns out you know that's not the worst job she's had in Australia. No.
3: Pick like working on a farm, like might be scenic, but I don't.
2: That is back breaking labor. That is
3: honestly a hundred percent. The Wi-Fi is a bit shoddy as well, so <laughs> the Wi-Fi is my biggest concern. <laughs> the work, difficult. The but she Wi-Fi, was so physically
2: exhausted, apparently. Yeah, uh, no wonder as- she
3: couldn't, you know, put in the, be able to continue for a, you know, even though the dub season is shorter, even though that's, that's probably why she couldn't, you know, keep it up with working at Maccas, you know, good on Maccas.
2: Well, I'd certainly like to see her, you Absolutely. know, put her qualifications to Absolutely. good use and, uh, you know, it's a shame. Uh, that uh, these are the sacrifices that someone travelling halfway across the world to play football and chase the dream has to make. But uh, that was an incredible tidbit, as was uh, the revelation that Adrian Stenter is in fact a teacher <laughs> yeah. and gives them a sort of Dead Poet Society inspirational it. quote before every game.
3: It. Do you know what I would love? You know, our re- uh, resident uh, video creator, Lockie Flanagan, I would love him to do a Dead Poet Society thing with Adrian Center's Adrian face on there. And then if we have the, all the, uh, you know, uh, Adelaide players' faces on, you know, <laughs> oh, Captain, my captain. That would be my, quite, coach, my, my coach, my coach. <laughs> I would love it. it would be, I feel like that should be Lockie's next project. It'd be great content.
2: Oh, man. Uh, we have to make that happen. <laughs> uh, speaking of sensational content, we were decrying... Decrying before uh, we started the show the absence of coverage of the Western Sydney Wanderers Wellington Phoenix game, which is at the last minute moved uh, to the Wanderers training facility. Uh, There's only one man we can turn to in such times of crisis, and that is Mr. Teo Pelliseri, who has braved the elements, who has gone to the ground and is giving us voice memos. I wish
3: we could do a live cross. Hey, Teo, can you pick up the phone, please? And, you know, we get him on just, you know, commentating the game right now.
2: (laughs) I mean, I don't, you know, want him to get in trouble with his employer. No, I don't want him to get in trouble. Uh, But shall we have a listen to Teo's descriptions of what's going on at uh, the Wanderers training facility so far tonight? Certainly.
0: So Western Sydney Wanderers off to a fantastic start, scoring in just the third minute. Ashley Crofts netting once again, two games in a row for her now. Can't help but think how different Wanderers' season may have been had she not missed a significant chunk of the season in COVID protocol. On the end of a cross from Erica Holloway in from the right, it's been a fairly brisk end-to-end start. Wellington Phoenix challenging themselves and immediately trying to find an equaliser of their own, but it's an ideal beginning for Western Sydney Wanderers Wellington needed to win by three clear goals today to overtake them on the table. Right now, it is Wanderers in the ascendancy, and it is their lone striker, the number 18, Ashley Crofts, that has them in the ascendancy. Five and a half minutes at the time of recording. Western Sydney Wanderers <laughs> 1, Wellington Phoenix 0. I love
3: it. I, you know, is my favourite commentator on Channel 10. I, I think he's absolutely amazing and provides a lot for the women's game and, and the men's game as well. But uh, I love that. I love that from Tay. It's mm. very Tao-esque. I think it's great, you know, know, like, wisdom. I appreciate it. And uh, keep it coming, Tao. This is a throwback.
2: This is something everyone must understand about, you know, his career, is that he started off doing bootleg internet radio broadcasts of uh, women's games that were not being put to air, much like this match. This used to be a regular occurrence in this division. And... You know, this is this is a throwback to the Teo, to the old days.
3: You know, Teo deserves it. Like, I, I don't want to turn into a Teo fan club, but I, Teo does. In terms of women's football, he deserves a lot of props mm. because he's been one of the active voices about women's football, getting more coverage and getting more exposure and giving, you know, female players the opportunity to speak. And I think that, you know, it's great that Channel 10 have, you know, brought him on this year because he's done a tremendous job. Him and uh, Grace Gill and Amy Chapman and the likes have done a fantastic job with those games on.
2: Should we listen to his description of, uh, of Kate Taylor's equaliser? Absolutely. I want to hear it.
0: Equaliser for the Wellington Phoenix in the 38th minute. Kate Taylor netting it for the first time in A-League women's. The centre-back had stayed forward after a set-piece, second-time ball from Izzy Gomez, the former wanderer, into the penalty area. And Taylor showing great nous to spring the offside trap as the Wanderers' defence stepped up. She was left one-on-one against Sarah Langman and after an initial block from Langman the ball did spill and with Langman on the deck it was Taylor who stepped over the prone keeper to finish into an empty net. 1-1 in the 38th minute. I
3: will say though... Quite impressive the audio quality. I was expecting it to be like, you know, holding your phone like this and getting some and real rustling. static and really getting that ambient noise. But Taylor's really got his voice crisp on this one, hasn't he? I'm, maybe
2: he's maybe he's brought his audio game. I, he
3: might have. I, I I don't doubt that at all. And he's, it's it's very nice and I think it's I think it's nice for us to keep up with the game like
2: that. But we were watching, uh, while we had that pre-record, we were we were taking a sneak peek at, uh, at that Melbourne City match uh, in control against the Newcastle yeah. Jets.
3: I think that that having Stoddy, and Stoddy had that beautiful turn on that left-hand side where she just got away from her play, and it was it was a really nice piece of football there, and Hannah Wilkinson's looking really dangerous up front at the moment. So they, they are at halftime last we saw, so I don't know if they're back yet, but I think that they might figure it out without Holly McNamara, but I don't know if they can, you know, go the whole way without her.
2: Yeah, I mean, certainly Newcastle don't post the kind of test that the that the other, you know, the members of the top four do, especially when Newcastle have benched one of their best players in their Norwegian import, who was uh, described as a as a teenager as their best prospect alongside Caroline Graham Hansen, which so yeah. is h- high praise. I mean, her career hasn't panned out as maybe. Uh, she and uh, her youth coaches over in uh, over in Norway might have expected, but she scored the goal of the season, in Absolutely. my opinion. That that pile driver of a strike, and I, I, it does confuse me. Unless there's an injury issue, uh, why she's been benched she, for this one?
3: The season is almost over, she, so she might be going back to Europe. Mm. So it might be you know letting her you know rest and make sure they don't risk anything, particularly if they're not going to make finals.
2: Yeah, that's that's possible. Uh, ABD Stadium for that one. Pretty. I mean there's a couple of cameras, but it's it's fairly MPL standard that Stop broadcast saying, Josh. which i think backs up your point Come from really Come on,
3: chuck it on a camera and put it on keep up and let's stream this thing. Let's all be YouTubers today. Come on.
2: <laughs> well Tayo's leading the charge we, in that regard.
3: You know, Josh, I feel like we should let people know that we've got some exciting content coming up in the next few weeks heading into the finals on the radio dub.
2: Yes. We're going to be, uh, going down in person to do some content with the, uh, the finals bound teams that we, uh, we can get access to in, in Melbourne and, uh, hoping to get a few players, uh, on board ahead of this, this final series. It's going to be a cracker. I'm, um, especially looking forward to, uh, maybe challenging some of the Ooh, Melbourne City team. You
3: know I'm competitive, Josh. Yeah. And uh, we've been we were, we've been planning, we've been th- talking about it before the show today with some of the ideas we could do and if anybody's got ed- any ideas, please don't you know, let F and I know. And we'll we'll think about it.
2: Notoriously uh competitive environment in that yeah. uh that house with all the, the Queensland uh players exactly. in it. So we we might you know, challenge them to yeah. a game of cards or a crossbar challenge. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to
3: exactly. that. Exactly. If, if there's any particular players you'd like us to, you know, chat, chat to, that'd be nice too, you know? Yeah. Give, be, us a, give us give a recommendation. Give us a recommendation. That. That. If you see us, if you see Josh, more likely, uh, Josh is more recognisable than me. <laughs> you might see him on the press the stream. He's, hey. Well, <laughs> I'm, not,
2: I'm not sure about that.
3: I've, mate, I think you've done a great job, so. Um, I'm,
2: thank you very much. Um, let's preview <laughs> the games to come in the final round. Uh, this yeah. will decide the final yeah. race Friday, first of all with uh, Canberra taking on Melbourne victory. That's a crucial game for victory to win. They simply have to get it done.
3: They just have to draw, Josh. They just have to draw, which I think they're good enough to draw. But if you come in there with that mindset, that's not a good mindset to come with. Uh, their victory game is going to be dangerous for them. But I can As say-
2: Wellington take the lead against Western Ooh. Sydney and uh, Melbourne City extend their you lead know against what? the Jets. You know
3: how much I would love to see Wellington not finish bottom of the table? considering how much we spoke about them mm. earlier in the season.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we weren't expecting much from, no. uh, from this side of essentially teenagers. A few contenders for, for young player of the season uh, in yeah. their ranks, of course, but uh, not much else to, to play for for them uh, other than pride. And they have, they have shown pride yeah. this season. Uh, Wellington versus Perth, Glory, on Friday, you expect Perth to, to win yeah. that one. Um, by how much is the question? Exactly. And will it be enough? Probably not. So. But uh, unless victory lose against uh, Canberra United, that's the permutation. Newcastle Jets versus Brisbane Roar is essentially a dead rubber. Uh, Melbourne City playing against Western Sydney, uh, that should be a banker yeah. for them, given uh, how they might Western. rest should...
3: some people actually as well because
2: what's well, an interesting conundrum because they yeah. have to sew up second spot for the finals race. It's which rude is important. Would they would
3: rather. Ver- it depends on after that mm. Friday game. They're going to really need to decide who they want to play in the finals because it's all really up to them because they've got it. That's their last
2: game. And then the pick of the games, Adelaide United versus Sydney FC. I'm
3: so excited for that game.
2: Yeah? So excited. That one's on Sunday afternoon, kicking off at 4 p.m. That's a home game for Adelaide, if I'm not mistaken. So Sydney haven't been as strong on the road. But then again, Adelaide having sewn up their final spot, they've got to decide what's most important, whether they rest players, whether they go for that seeding.
3: For, so it seemed like Adelaide, I think it would be bad to change, you know, the way in which they're going. I think they've just got to keep playing their football and seeing it out the best way they can.
2: Well, I think with that, we'll wrap it up here on Radio Dub. Pekua, thank you for your company. And Josh, uh, big thank you to Dylan Holmes for joining us.
3: Absolutely. It was great interview. I loved it.
2: Well, it's only going to get bigger here on Radio Dub <laughs> with the finals approaching. Stay tuned for some, some killer content. We're very excited about it. Yeah. But uh, for now, from us, it is goodbye.
1: Pickett, she lays it off to Razor
0: It's an absolute peach. is driving. Yes!
1: What a hit from the leader is! Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick. Meet him up, 1-0.